Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be looking at Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 13, What Happened to Frederick? This episode was written by David H. Goodman and directed by Dean White. It premiered February 19th, 2012, and had a viewership of 9.84 million. A brief synopsis. With their love for each other growing stronger, David finally agrees to tell Catherine about his relationship with Mary Margaret and to put an end to his loveless marriage. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, while running away, groom Prince Charming searches for Snow White. He agrees to aid Abigail on a dangerous mission to recover something precious that was lost to her. And we begin with the title card. There is a knight in a gazebo. And I'm going to break in. To, so the Once Upon a Time Reawakened, the chapter based off of this uh, episode, the starts off by mentioning in relation to the last episode that gold got away with everything and that he just must have people in high places and have good lawyers. And yeah. that's, Emma spends a good time amount of time thinking about how he does, she doesn't know how gold got away with it. Well, I guess legally, if Mo French didn't want to press charges, there's nothing she could do. Exactly. Yeah. I imagine. We begin the episode in the former Enchanted Forest, where Abigail meets with King George. The king tells one of his knights to find him. We then see Prince Charming riding through the forest on horseback while knights pursue him. He successfully hides from George's men, but the moment he turns to go, another pair of men kidnap him. And my only note about this scene was that King George's men were shooting arrows at Prince Charming's head. Like, Yeah, like isn't the point to capture him so that like you keep the marriage treaty intact, not to murder him on sight? Yeah, I guess maybe at this point, it's not said, but maybe King George is like, you know what, I'll just marry Abigail. That'll unite the kingdoms. But, you know, I did do want to say here, this is the first time we see her in a gown that's gold colored, which makes mm. so much more sense for her character as being Midas's daughter. Yeah. Her next gold dress is a lot nicer, don't get me wrong, for the rest of the episode. But it's like, she has two separate dresses here. Mm. Uh, but I like seeing her in gold. This entire yeah. episode is great because she actually looks like a daughter of Midas and not some wannabe Elsa hanging right. out. Agreed. In Storybrooke, David and Catherine Nolan are having dinner when she tells them she has applied to law school. She has been accepted, but the school is in Boston. Catherine suggests that this could be a fresh start for the both of them, but he makes the excuse of going to get some air and leaves. My only note about this was I tried to figure out what law school she applied to, and there are over 30 law schools in Boston, so... Oh, I'm sure. It's a major yeah. city. Of yeah. course there's a bunch of law schools. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, it is shown that Abigail is responsible for Charming's capture. She tells him she knows of his love for Snow White and that she has no feelings for him either. She asks him to do something for her. And then uh, 
I, my note here is Abigail's line of saying, you would lay down to your life. How charming. Like she calls him charming as well. Moving right along, Mary Margaret meets David. She asks him why they must keep lying to Catherine and says that they should tell her about them. He doesn't want to hurt her, but she tells him that the only way no one will get hurt is if they are not together. He says that he chooses her, and Mary Margaret tells him then he needs to tell Catherine the truth. The stranger and Emma bump into each other, and he asks her out for the drink. Emma asks him what is his name, and he claims his name is August W. Booth, and the W is for Wayne. August, <laughs> August wants to meet Emma outside of Granny's later. Mary Margaret tells Emma about her relationship with David as they chat inside, and David and Catherine talk, and he tells her he can't go to Boston. He breaks up with her, but fails to mention Mary Margaret. So my notes for this scene are Emma saying to August, as we've now learned his name, I thought you came here to write for inspiration. And August says, I'm optimistic about our date. Um, <laughs> like what kind of inspiration is you he know, gonna... I think it's so funny too, that August is here because how long has he been in this town that Mary Margaret in this scene is like, oh, who was that? Like, have you been that wrapped up in David? You haven't known, noticed the strange man in town that everyone yeah. else seems to have noticed? Yeah. You live with the sheriff, Emma, at no point was like, no, there's a strange man in this town. Like, yeah. Well, I, I like to, when she's walking, when Emma's walking to Granny's diner, that she looks at August's motorcycle. And I know it's just to be like, oh, he's in there. But for me, it was like, oh, she just loves the bad boys. Like she sees the motorcycle, gets a little excited. And then my other note is Emma to Mary Margaret saying, I'm not your mother. Late nights, new perfume, plunging necklines. You haven't been discreet. Like she knows about David and Mary Margaret being together. Yeah. You were a top button kind of girl when I first met you. That's right. That's what she says to her. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Abigail tells Prince Charming that she loves someone else as well. He tells her about what Snow White said to him. Abigail takes him to see a golden statue, which he thinks is a representation of the man. In actuality, it is Frederick, her lost love. He was turned into gold by Midas's power when he saved the king's life. Abigail has tried breaking the curse many times by means of true love's kiss. She tells him of Lake Nostros, where the waters are said to be able to bring back something you have lost. He agrees to go to the lake to help her, though she warns him that it is protected by a guardian and no one has ever returned. My notes here, I put Abigail calling Charming James. Like, no one knows that he's not really James at this point. Like, it's still... Yeah. And then I have here a few notes about the word nostros. It means homecoming by sea in ancient Greek. Examples include Odysseus and the Odyssey. And it's also the root for the word nostalgia, meaning longing for the past. And in Greek mythology, the original King Midas was given the golden touch by the god Dionysus. When he came to view the gift as a curse after food, drink, and his daughter were turned to gold, he prayed to the gods and was told washing in the river Pactolus would remove the curse from himself and anything or anyone he turned. Thus, in this episode, as in the original myth, it is mystical water that restores Frederick to flesh and blood. Spoilers. So I also love here that 
charming is like, well, if he succeeds, she'll find true love so that one of them won't be miserable anymore. But if not, then his miserable be over be over because he'll be dead. Like, yeah. Okay, charming. Yeah, because he doesn't want to marry her and uh he knows that yeah. jo- they'll King both jo- be put out of misery yeah. whether he fails or succeeds. Like, oh, okay. Well, that kind of goes with the drama that these tales are based off of. It's a big theme, even going as far as Shakespeare. You know, oh, I can't be with the one I, I want to be with. Well, then I wish I was dead. August is seen dipping pages from Henry's book into an unknown liquid and then hanging them up to dry. He then takes pages, which are either new or already dry, and places them into the book. Obviously, this just gives him more, is he the author vibes? Yeah. And yeah. also, where is this workshop? Like, it is middle of nowhere. Like, where's this man doing all this work? That's a very good question that I do like, not... Like, it's a cabin. Like, yeah. it's not, like, we see where he's, like, hiding out later, but it's not this place. Like, where mm-hmm. is this cabin that he is doing this work in? Maybe, maybe... Uh, that he just knows no one will be in and nobody cares about. Maybe he has a deal with Marco or something, you know? Who knows? Maybe he does. Yeah. I don't know. Regina gives the present of a handheld game to Henry, apologizing for destroying his book. Catherine walks in, and after Henry leaves, she confides in Regina that David is leaving her. Regina tells her that David and Mary Margaret have been having an affair. She shows Catherine photos of them, which Sydney took. And then I, my notes here, I put Regina referring to Mary Margaret as that little home wrecker that made me laugh. And uh... also, Catherine asks Regina if she saw something, and Regina says that she saw pictures. But we know that she actually saw them kissing in the middle of the street in a previous episode. So I don't know why. This is also one of those where like Regina's trying to make it seem like she's not the bad guy here. Or that she did anything wrong when clearly she's an awful friend for not saying something immediately. Yeah. She uses the excuse. She says like, oh, I thought you guys would work it out or whatever. But yeah, she's just an awful friend. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Abigail shows Prince Charming a shrine where men asking for the guardian's mercy leave peace offerings. Prince Charming goes to collect water from the lake, the siren guards. And I liked that Prince Charming points out that the offering the offering did no good for the other men who wanted to go to the lake. Back in Storybrooke, David is looking through photos and calls Mary Margaret to tell her about himself and Catherine. Catherine shows up at the school in front of a crowd of people and confronts Mary Margaret and slaps her. Catherine reveals that she knows about the affair, even though David had not told her. When Catherine goes, she leaves a very hurt and confused Mary Margaret. So David has lied to both women because he is a coward. Catherine actually straight up calls him a coward in the book, which is Mm. my one note. Like she says that directly to him, Hmm. to Mary Margaret. Like he's a coward. You should know this. Yeah. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the siren of the lake appears to Charming as a beautiful, unarmed woman. I have nothing to say besides... Yeah, that's a, it's a very quick scene. So. In Storybrooke, August and Emma meet, where he picks her up and brings her out to an old well. He tells her the water in the well is magical and will return something they have lost, and proceeds to tell Emma to have a little faith. Mary Margaret is walking down the street, and many people are avoiding her. She bumps into Granny, who tells her she should be ashamed of herself. So my notes here are when August pulls up 
uh, for the date with Mary Margaret. Granny says that she'll go on the date. If- <laughs> I love Granny. Yeah. Granny's so sassy. She's like watching the whole time, like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I'll go if you ain't gonna go. Like, yeah. I think okay, I said, Granny. I think I said the date with Mary Margaret, but I meant the date with Emma. But yeah, that that made me laugh. Later, August saying to Emma, like when she says, oh, I thought we were going to get a drink drink. He says, you want me to get drunk? And Emma says, no. August says, next time. And Emma says, you are optimistic. The flirting is so spicy in this scene. Yeah, the little behind the scenes thing that August's uh, true identity is hinted at when he tells Emma that he always tells the truth. I didn't even think about that, but Yeah. yeah. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the Siren tries to seduce Prince Charming, but fails as his heart belongs to Snow. She then takes on the appearance of Snow White. He tries to tell himself that it is just an illusion, but she kisses him and he drops his sword. She leads him out into the water, but he is still fighting her influence as she kisses him again. The Siren's effect fails, and as he is pulling away from her, she does not have a good grip as she grabs him and tries to drown him. The siren is almost successful, but Charming finds a dagger belonging to one of the many skeletons that litter the lake bed, and he uses it to stab her. My note here is that this is Charming and Snow's quote-unquote first kiss in their timeline. Like, they haven't kissed each other yet, but... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that Charming was the first to resist the siren's temptations, and sirens show up a lot in Greek mythology. Odysseus, Hercules, and many others have fallen for them. This is definitely a very Greek-centered episode. Yeah, which I like, given it's Midas's daughter and everything. It should be. Yeah. Back in Storybrooke, Mary Margaret runs into David as he is washing the word tramp off of her car. She asks him why he never told Catherine the truth, to which he replies that he didn't want anyone to get hurt. She tells him that they are not in love, but what they have is destructive and needs to stop. So she breaks up with them. My notes here are David asking Mary Margaret who told Catherine and Mary Margaret saying that is exactly the wrong question because he should have been the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what they have is destructive. Uh, Is that the curse working to keep them apart? Hmm. It could be. I didn't really think about it that way. But yeah, the curse is still in full effect and it could be doing its job of keeping them distanced as Mm -hmm. much as possible. Or it could just be Regina meddling too. I mean, very true. Later, Emma is brushing leaves off of her car when she finds a red metal box in the street gutter. Inside, it holds Henry's book. August is seen looking at her from around the corner. So he put it there once he got done with it. I think what's interesting is like, obviously he chose to put it there, but in the book, he chooses to leave it by another car that Emma just happens to walk by, which I think Hmm. is much less sketchy than like, it just happens to be right next to Emma's car pretty much at the right time. Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, she's the sheriff of the town, and she'll, like, she finds this box underneath her car, kind of, like, I'd be like, oh, is this a bomb or something? Like, what, what is this doing here? Well, she knows that that's what the thing that Henry's book was in, was in that oh, box. That's like, she right. did remember that, yeah, so, like, it does right. make sense that she'd be like, oh, the book! Yeah, yeah you're right. Normally, she would be a lot more... Though she should still be suspicious that it just happened to wash up by her car. Yeah. Catherine goes to see Regina to apologize for what she said. Catherine admits that she and David were never in love and that she has never been in love. 
Catherine says that she is moving to Boston alone and tells Regina that she wrote a letter telling David and Mary Margaret to be together, which upsets Regina's plans to keep them apart. And I wrote here that Catherine is the most mature, well-adjusted person in the show. Most mature, well-adjusted person ever. Like she's like, oh, okay. I guess you're right. We shouldn't be together. Oh, you were having an affair with her? You know what? You look like you're madly in love with her. Just date her. That's I want yeah. you two to be happy. Like she does not care. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Abigail is at Frederick's shrine when Charming brings the water. She pours the water over Frederick's head and the gold melts away, revealing that he is alive and free. The two kiss and she introduces him to Prince Charming as his savior. Abigail thanks Prince Charming for freeing her true love and he tells her that he is going after Snow White. Abigail tells him to be careful as King George will soon come after him. In my notes, I put Charming asks Frederick for a horse and supplies for his journey, which Frederick says done. Like, dude, didn't you just wake up from a curse? You, ha- you don't have these supplies. Abigail and Midas would give him anything at this point. I'm sure Midas is going to be delighted that Frederick is back. Like, true. At yeah. the end of the day, I get why King George is mad. It would be, it's going to be mad because it's, it breaks the entire bond between the two kingdoms. But at the same mm. time, like, he just saved someone even more important to both Midas and Abigail. Like, mm-hmm. that's worth more. Yeah, definitely. And my other note is Abigail saying, some people will stop at nothing to destroy the happiness of others. And then we cut to Regina entering David's house using a key from a large key ring. And she takes the letter that Catherine left. And we did see, you know, you did ask what that giant key ring was for like a few episodes yeah. back. And now we know, apparently she can just get into everybody's houses is my assumption at this point. Yeah, it makes sense that she would put that into the curse because she's not going to be able to use magic to go into everybody's houses. So she wants some sort of access. Henry is sitting outside when Emma sits down next to him. Emma gives him the book. Henry sees the book coming back as a sign that things are going to get better. I have here Operation Cobra is back on and that Henry plays a portable version of the video game Space Paranoids. It is a game that Kevin Flynn wrote in the Disney film Tron, and the graphics shown for the game match those seen in the film. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I've seen Tron. I didn't really, I didn't put that together. I haven't seen Tron in so long. Oh, yeah. I actually saw Tron after watching uh, Tron 2 or whatever it's called. Um, Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. Thank you. Yeah, it's all right. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Prince Charming rides into the forest where he runs into Red Riding Hood, who tells him Snow White wants to be with him. King George shows up. Prince Charming and Red ride off together with King George following them. And I wrote here, the retcon's already starting because the scene is different from what we previously saw. Yeah, exactly. Charming rode off by himself there. And there were no other people chasing him, really. Yeah. Back in Storybrooke, Emma finds an upset Mary Margaret laying in bed. Emma lays down with her so they can talk. Regina opens her desk, showing a can of spray paint and the letter addressed to David. Regina takes a lighter and burns the letter. Catherine is leaving Storybrooke when she gets into an accident. The gym teacher finds her car, only to see it abandoned. And my question here is, what was he doing going to the town line, meaning, quote unquote, the gym teacher? I don't know, but, you know, we need to point out that the gym teacher is 
real world Frederick too. That's the same person. Oh my God. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, More importantly that it's Frederick. So that would be why it's him. Okay. Well, it makes sense that it is him because yeah. it's Frederick, but it doesn't make sense because why is he there? Yeah. Well, earlier in the episode, when Catherine goes to confront Mary Margaret, she bumps into him in the school. Like, yeah, that's that's how I knew it was the same character as far as being the gym, because to show that he's a gym teacher, he's holding a bag full of soccer balls and volleyballs and everything like they always do in movies. But yeah, I didn't realize that it was Frederick. Uh, that makes sense that it would be him. But yeah, like you said, why is he going to the town line? Maybe he was just called because he knew his true love was in trouble. Also, we get a lot. We get final look there at Regina doing some evil smirking right at the end of this episode. So, you know, it's not a good thing when that Catherine is not in the car. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, too. They they show that she had the can of uh, spray paint that Mm -hmm. spray painted Mary Margaret's car with the word tramp on it. Yeah. Like. I can't picture Regina actually being the one to do it. Like she's oh, no. like she's definitely like Sydney. Yeah, she she sent Sydney to do it and then bring back the can so she could have it. Also, this chapter ends in the book with Emma getting many many phone calls from everyone that Catherine is missing. Well, so I have a bit of trivia here. The title of the episode is spoken in the first episode where Frederick's fate was alluded to. In Shepherd, King Midas says to an assistant helping him with his glove, careful, remember what happened to Frederick. You pointed that out in that yeah. episode. There was cut content, two scenes with Ruby. There was a segment with Ruby standing in a doorway outside of Granny's Diner, which was deleted from the episode. And Ruby's car from The Price of Gold was supposed to make an appearance in this episode, but it did not in the final version. I know you're so devastated we got less Ruby. Oh, it's gotten more. <laughs> yeah, it's what I always look forward to. Anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no. That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash once again pod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day.